As Te Pāpaka ventures out across the land, he comes across the remnants of several Pātū Watawata that have been razed to the ground. But there's more. The body parts of the victims are scattered around the pa. It looks like the bodies have been torn apart. There is a terror and darkness here, and he senses that he is somehow connected. He has come across the odd traveller, who tell of entire iwi being wiped out. No one knows how the perpetrators are doing it, as no one has survived to tell the tale. Only a whisper has been heard, a whisper of something monstrous, a war god that stands at the head of the taua, a gigantic beast able to level a pa with a single blow. He continues following the trails of bodies, and while travelling through a kahikatea forest, he comes across a mismatched fight. Thirty, maybe forty against one. Te Pāpaka calls out to the one. Before he can answer, the leader of the Tauā responds. Te Pāpaka takes out his mere and points to the Tauā. The Pāpaka is counting the warriors. Half of the warriors charge the Pāpaka, who dispatches the warriors with ease, killing each with a single blow. They are no match for his double mere Pāpaka style, which shocks the leader. The leader signals to the remaining warriors to flee, but the Pāpaka overhears the leader. Save yourself. He said, Te Korenga. I heard that name from an old queer. She was too afraid to talk about it. Who is Te Korenga? Not who. What? They will be back. And if he said Te Korenga, then you're best to leave now, while you still can. Thank you for saving me now. Let me save you. The warriors will soon return to eliminate my people. There is nothing that could stop that now. These people take things personally. You make them stumble, make a mistake. They will be back to correct that mistake. Hide it. Tepapaka refuses to leave the chief, considering that he was responsible for the current situation. The chief reluctantly agrees to Tepapaka's plan to stay. He allows Tepapaka to return back to his village as an honoured guest. The chief's iwi is Ngāti O. He tells his iwi what has transpired, and his iwi begin to prepare for the coming assault. They have no idea of the face of the enemy, as there have never been any witnesses. The next day, scouts return to tell them that the enemy they have been expecting will be at their gates before the sun reaches its zenith. The sky darkens and thunder echoes throughout the valley. Shadow warriors run across the ground and through the path, unsettling the warriors of Nazi Oak. 
The shadow warriors run across the bodies of some of the warriors of Nazi O, making them slap their own bodies like they're being attacked by bees. A bolt of lightning strikes one of the two Watawata. It bursts into flames and the sentry leaps out from the tower, almost breaking his leg. The tohunga of Nazi O slams his tokotoko into the ground and the shadow warriors disappear. The war party appears on the horizon and the sentry in the second two Watawata blows his pukaya to warn of the coming threat. The warning fills the air and the warriors of Nazi O come out in front of their own gates. They are eager to see the whites of the eyes of their enemy. The invading Toa stops 100 meters or so from the warriors of Ngati O, and two Tohunga wearing ankle length dog skin cloaks come forward. One of the Tohunga is holding what looks like a doll. He who has the blood of our warriors on his butt, step forward. The Tohunga calls out the lone warrior that vanquished many of their warriors with a style of fighting that has piqued their interest. They are not concerned about the warriors from the pa. They are but tonight's feast. Te Pāpaka gives a respectful nod to the chief and advances. Your quarrel is with me, not with these people. Leave now or I will send you to your friends and the laughter of their poor will resound around this valley. Do you know who you're talking to? No. Should I? Te Pāpaka unleashes a taki with his double patsu. It is unlike anything they have seen before. Unparalleled. Magnificent. There is a roar that echoes through the valley. All the warriors on both sides instinctively look to the heavens, but no, the sound is coming from behind the pa, behind Te Pāpaka, from the direction of the ocean. A huge wall of water rushes over the pa, hovering in the air just behind Te Pāpaka. Something he's done once before. The water appears to be obeying his commands. It swirls and twists through the air like two giant tuna. The water is mirroring the movements of his patsu. Te Pāpaka does a double downward strike with his patsu, and the wall of water falls to the ground around him, revealing an army of thousands of crabs that cover the ground like a shimmering korowai. Their pincers gleam and click. The tohunga holds the karetao out in front of him. Normally, Te Korenga would spring forth, but instead, it does something it has never, ever done before. It hesitates. The Tohunga look at each other and recite the words together. This time, the karetao leaps out of the tohunga's hand and high into the air. Before it can hit the ground, giant legs shoot out from underneath and the arms punch out to the side. 
a giant karetao with a tiny head hits the ground and drops to its right knee. It punches its fist into the ground, sending a ripple through the earth towards Te Pāpaka. All of the warriors in Te Korenga's Tauwa follow suit. The karetao's head suddenly shoots out of its massive shoulders and dry, rope-like hair shoots out of the skull in thick bunches. The karetao looks up. Its face is stoic. It has a mataora that looks detailed on a tiny karetao, but on a huge face, it is rough and crude. The mataora looks like it's been hacked out by an adze. The body is wooden at first glance, but the fluid movement of the karetao does not seem to follow the laws of physics. The karetao punches his fist to the ground rhythmically like it's keeping time in the haka. Each fist punch sends shudders through the earth. The leader of Te Korenga's Tauwa begins a haka. Koringa's voice is like a gigantic low-toned pūkaya. The sound waves send all the crabs flying and knocks the warriors of Nazi O to the ground. Maranga! Maranga! Te Pāpaka is unaffected by the sound waves. He makes an unexpected move. He charges Te Koringa. No one has had the courage or stupidity to charge the war god. The move is bold and makes Te Korenga re-evaluate his tactics. Te Pāpaka, mahia mai te auripo! Te Pāpaka hears the call from his teacher and spins through the air like a whirlpool. His mere hits the head of Te Korenga multiple times. When Te Pāpaka lands, he is dizzy and blood is streaming from his forehead. Te Pāpaka looks up at Te Korenga, who is unaffected by his attack. Te Korenga moves to a nearby tree and rips it out by the roots. He swings at Te Pāpaka a number of times. Te Pāpaka jumps and ducks over each strike with ease. Would you like me to slow down a little? Te Korenga's eyes widen. He lifts the tree above his head and slams it down, trying to crush Te Pāpaka who does his whakawhiti pāpaka move to evade the strikes. In the middle of the fight, an image crosses Te Pāpaka's mind. It's a face, covered in blood, that is unrecognisable. The image distracts him for a split second, long enough for Te Korenga to find its target. The tree comes down on the head of Te Pāpaka. Te Pāpaka looks up, expecting half his head to be missing. He is unharmed. He instead sees that Te Korenga has dropped the tree and is holding his head in agony. The warriors of Ngāti O are inspired by the small victory and charge at the invaders. The crabs follow in support. Te Pāpaka blacks out as another wairua image crosses his mind. It is a warrior in a pool of rippling water, but the ripples are so intense that he can't make out who it is. The warrior reaches out and grabs Te Pāpaka by the throat and drags him under. Te Pāpaka struggles, expecting to drown. 
Ears below the water and the beams of sunlight bend through the ripples. The water is like a mirror and Te Pāpaka sees that the other warrior is himself. He looks into the eyes that are flat and dead. The image moves independently, then speaks. The twin nods. When Te Pāpaka recovers from the vision, the two tauā are in pitched battle. The little crabs are tipping the tide of the battle. They nip and snip the opposing warriors, causing them to lose focus and fall victim to the blows of Ngāti O. The tahunga, who is still controlling Te Korenga, direct him to crush the sea of crabs. Te Korenga lifts the tree trunk and sweeps the crabs aside. Te Pāpaka sees that the tohunga have a wakahuia and are controlling Te Korenga. He understands. I need to get to that wakahuia, but I need a distraction. Mm, leave it to me. If I fail, you know what to do. The crab turns into his giant form and grabs both arms of Te Korenga with his giant claws and tosses the war god to the side, crushing several warriors on both sides. Te Pāpaka understands that what happens to Te Korenga affects him and vice versa. Te Pāpaka accepts the possibility that if Te Korenga dies, he also may die. Te Pāpaka leaps into the air. Te Pāpaka reaches the tohunga, who summon the shadow guardian that was there at their birth. The shadow appears on the ground before the tohunga and rises up out of the ground in its two-dimensional form. It attacks Te Pāpaka. The shadow grabs the Fito to yank the two patu out of his hands. But when the shadow hands touch the Fito, specifically the hair, the shadow hands catch fire. The fire burns the shadow to a crisp. His mother's act of love has destroyed the shadow guardian. The tohunga are almost out of tricks. One of the tohunga unseals the wakahuia and grabs the infant head and beckons Te Korenga to attack Te Pāpaka, but Te Korenga resists. He has begun to fight back. The tohunga throws the skull to the ground and flees along with all of their warriors. Te Pāpaka grabs the skull and holds it up to Te Korenga. Te Korenga bends down and opens his hand. Te Pāpaka carefully places the skull in Te Korenga's hand. Te Korenga strokes the skull in the palm of his left hand. He looks at Te Pāpaka and then raises his right hand, makes a fist, then brings it down swiftly to crush the little skull. Te Korenga falls to the ground, shrinks back down to doll size, and then crumbles to dust. Moi mai te mahanga. Be at peace, my brother. Crab has returned to his normal size, and the chief thanks both of them for ridding the land of Te Korenga. Where to now? Training, da! I'll give you another chance to beat Te Pāpaka. 
I'll even go slow, just for you. Hara, <laughs> my boy. Let's go work on that tsunami technique of yours. Aye. I'm looking forward to another swim. Ha! <laughs> Pakikehua, brought to you by Te Wānanga o Aotearoa, with funding from Te Māngai Pāho. <laughs>